0: fellow nerds welcome to the round table my name is antonio padilla and i am your arthur joining me as always is cliff miller and he is my lancelot say hello clifford
1: yo what's going on guys
0: all right now that now that we're back uh episode number two very exciting
1: all right very exciting man
0: very very exciting very exciting stuff Uh, But before we get to all the excitement, um, Clifford and I would very much like to uh, talk about something very serious and very, very uh, heartbreaking that happened this week. Uh, Last week's episode, we touched on how important music is to us and uh, how we try not to discriminate uh, in musical tastes. So with all that having been said, uh, we would like to pay our respects to uh, a musician who touched not only our lives, but I'm sure touched many of your lives as well. Uh, this week, Chester Bennington, most famously of Linkin Park, um, passed away. Uh, he uh, tragically took his own life. And um, this, is, this is something that's been very hard on, on the both of us, isn't that right, Clifford.
1: No, yeah, it's 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 definitely hard, and you know, it's funny because like, ever since uh, you know his passing and stuff, man, like I've been going through and just kind of listening to a lot of the music that that he and and you know and Mike Shinoda and those guys have all put out, and and the hardest thing is is um, you know he he has a song One More Light. It's on their new album, One More Light, um, and it it, it speaks to just everything that they they have you know and it just talks about how like if if you need somebody just there's somebody there and somebody will always care and that's why i think this hit people so hard so quickly and and it it affects as many people as it has because what we've come to find out is you know i mean it's here's chester singing a song about you know how much he cares about other people and their lives and yet one person who is you know tragically passed away from all of us and how many how many of us he's touched our lives you know and i remember being that kid in high school you know when they first came out and i was talking about hybrid theory with my friends and people were like oh yeah i know who you're talking about they're okay blah 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 and at that time i remember listening to both like good charlotte and listening to uh Linkin park like at the same time because both our albums had dropped and they were both phenomenal albums and, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because there's only, there's only three albums, like, in the entire music collection, which my collection of music, and you, I know your collection of music is just vast, but there's only three albums in the entire world that I'll listen to, and one of those is The Life of Pablo by Kanye West, uh, The Offsprings of Americana, and then Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, and from there on, you know, Hybrid, you know, Linkin Park, they came out with... You know this song here, that song there, this song here, but this last album, man, really kind of kind of brought some things to light. So you had heavy, you know, obviously their big star track that was really good, and then one more light is just is a song that speaks so hard to me because I mean you're talking about suicide and people always talk about how they're not sure and who cares and who's out there and I do and I I 100% feel exactly what Chester was feeling when he was talking and singing in the song and just and it's hard on me because I listen to that song, and I tear up, and I cry because it's just, it's, I know people who have openly talked about taking their lives, and I've been the person who's reached out and grabbed that person and said, no, I need you. Like, you need to stay. There's one person here who's literally begging you not to do what you're doing. And it's like, seeing Chester pass is is so heartbreaking because his song, currently his one current song means so much to me and if if it wasn't for him passing i may have not even found the song but him passing is like i don't know it feels like it's a it's an odd gift to me because i just i relate to it and then i play it and i tell my friends i'm like look i care just reach out to me i care i'm here just call or text or email snapchat tweet. I don't care. Let me know, and I will be there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you said that, because that's, uh, that's actually something I wanted to say as well. Um, you know, obviously, uh, depression, whether it's something you suffer from or some, somebody you know, um, it's, it's very serious. Um, I myself have suffered from depression almost my whole life, not to mention uh, anxiety and (laughs) let's not even get into all that. But um, what I wanted to say is I'm I'm just going to echo what Cliff just said. Um, If you ever feel, if you ever feel down, if you're ever feeling depressed and you, you, if you ever feel suicide, if you feel like taking your life, please, please reach out to somebody. And like, it doesn't like even if you feel bad about reaching out to, to your friends or your family, like, believe me, I get it. I get it. I understand how hard it is sometimes. But, like, you know, sometimes if you just need someone to talk, like Cliff was saying, man, you can reach out to us on all of our social media. Like, Cliff and I are going to be the people who understand what you're going through. All right. And we'll do our best to help you. That's real. That's real talk right there. Like, don't, you know, reach out to somebody even if you have to call one of the the, the hotlines or whatever, just do something, all right, because, you know, it seems like lately we just, we lose too many people, and, um, you know, it's terrible, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not easy for uh, the people you leave behind, and that's kind of, I mean, like, yeah, we're fans of this guy, this musician, and, but you know i'm thinking about like his family and his loved ones and and how tough this is on them and uh you know it sucks it's really bad it's terrible you know i can't i can't stress that enough because and you know I, I, obviously i'm getting a little emotional right now but um you know like you were saying man i remember being a, a kid in high school i remember when hybrid theory came out i remember oh god i'm going to say something right now um a buddy of mine uh, posted this on Facebook after everybody heard the news, and this is 100% true. You can all try and deny it right now, but everybody owned a copy of Hybrid Theory. Everybody. You know, you you can like pretend like, oh no, I never I never listened to it. I never owned it. Bullshit. Everybody and their mother was listening to that album when it dropped. Don't even try and pretend like you didn't. So, you know, obviously this this. This whole thing is is it, it it's still it's still fresh and it still hurts because, um, like I said, uh, the man was a big part of our lives at that at that time, um, and you know uh, it was kind of it's it's strange because I I was a big big fan of Linkin Park and. Um, even uh chester had a a a side band for a while there too was, what was it it was dead by sunrise am i getting that right
1: yeah yeah that's that's right
0: yeah 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 and uh, i also really like that band um you know so it's tough it's tough there's a lot of good music that the man the man leaves behind um but that's the, that's the important thing to remember you know he he might be gone but uh his work his art is gonna be here forever.
1: Well and so, you know, um, one other thing too, man, is like we can't we can't forget either, man, because you know, he did he had Death by Sunrise, he had Lincoln Park, he also did the covers with uh, you know, STP, Stone Temple Pilots. Like right. he's done so much for the musical game as far as like a lyric like a lyricist, just like a singer just in in general. And then like, you know, there's a lot of stories about how he exposed like the recording industry for like the the perverts that they are because I don't know if, if people are aware of just like how abusive like the record industry can be to just kids, let alone like right. you know adults. And like you know, it's 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 something, man. I remember I remember when Hybrid Theory came out, and you and I and uh, you know other other friends of ours, we used to sit there and sing and laugh and joke with this album. All the time. Yeah. You know, I have I have videos of me singing in the end, like in a, in a hockey jersey, just, you know, lip singing the words, but nonetheless, like having so much fun doing it. And I remember when Reanimation came out, and I had so much fun with that album, and Jay-Z, and the Encore mix-up. You know, and then we talked about New Divine. Like, I used to make fun of um, Somewhere I Belong because I used to tell people that Somewhere I Belong sounds like New Divine. Like, you could literally take the words and then put them in that song, and you would have the same song. And people were like, no, you can't. And I used to sing it. And people would laugh at me because they are like, man, you're crazy. I was like, no, but that's really what it is. But I love both songs. And I was just like, I remember everything that I used to sing by Linkin Park and how much it meant to me, because it didn't matter what music it was. It was the fact that I just loved Linkin Park. And they were they were evolving, and people were like, well, they, they kind of sound like every other band now. Or They they don't really sound like Linkin Park anymore. Well, Linkin Park was always about evolving and changing up their sound and making something new out of old and just right. making something fresh. And I love that about them. Yeah, me
0: too. Me too, man. Like, I remember when... Um... What is it? Was it Minutes to Midnight? Is that the name of the album? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that album came out, um, I remembered talking to people. Like, I actually still really love that album, Um, but I remember specifically talking to people about that album when it came out because everybody's like, it sounds so different. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's what I like about it. You know, it doesn't sound like Hybrid Theory or Meteora. It it, it kind of has a punk influence to it. And then uh, I remember... I hadn't read any reviews or heard anybody else talk about the album. And I remember I was talking to a girlfriend of mine at the time. And I remember things like, you know, like I hear a kind of a, uh, a, a U2 influence on this album. And like, I shit you not, like about a week later, I read uh, the Rolling Stones review of uh, Minutes to Midnight. And they also pointed that out. And I'm like, see, it's not just me. These guys heard it too. So, yeah, no, no, no. That's exactly what I, I, I love in any musical artist or, or or what have you, the ability to evolve and change, there's nothing worse than when an artist gets stuck in one style or one sound or whatever, because that's when things get boring. And that's what I liked about Linkin Park and, and Chester as well, because it, when you listen to uh, Dead by Sunrise, that's a different sound altogether. Like That does not sound like Linkin Park. I mean, Chester is unmistakable. Can we talk about his voice, his vocal ability? Because I remember um, hearing people, like after Linkin Park kind of blew up and and became this phenomenon, I remember like there were uh, people, I remember hearing people who had auditioned to be the frontman of that band. They talked about how when they were going in for the auditions and Chester went in and, you know, obviously you can hear everybody who's auditioning and I remember some of the people were like, yeah, as soon as we heard that voice, we a, a couple of us just stood up and just walked out of the room because we knew we weren't going to get it. <laughs> and I mean, like, that's, yeah. I mean, the man, the man had a, a very distinct vocal style. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that's kind of the sad thing about it is that now he's gone and he's taken that with him.
1: And, uh, yeah. And you only going to have people who can... You're going to have people who can replicate that sound, but you're never going to have someone who could actually be that same sound. And that's one thing that you're 100% correct on. And it's sad. And, you know, like, the other thing that killed me too, man, was um, I watched Slipknot uh, do a tribute to Linkin Park, and they were covering they – did, they did Um. Uh, looking Glass, Through the Looking Glass, and I, I was in tears, man, because I just – I felt Corey, like, reaching out, for Chester like Chester was still there and I was like man I was like it just it hurts it hurts so much and it's like and I see all these other artists and they're covering their songs or like Good Charlotte uh, recently had a concert that was free and they did um, uh, Hold On uh, you know from one of their other albums and it was just it was so crazy but so surreal to see like all these other artists sing like their ballads about suicide and just like reaching out, and I was like, man, like, you know, I I watched Chester Bennington's last concert in Birmingham, uh, UK, and he was like in the crowd singing One More Light, and I was like, yo, if you only knew this would be your last performance, like, if you could see what you look like right now to all these people, I don't, I don't think. The things would have gone the same way
0: yeah and that, and that's just it, man, like you know you were talking about how uh, it's it's usually the people who 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 care the most and who try to do for others what I guess what maybe they feel um people haven't done for them, and so you know look like i'm not trying i'm not trying to justify anything here. Like I said, suicide is a very selfish act, but, you know, speaking from the perspective of somebody who has dealt with uh, depression and just a bunch of other shit, I can understand how someone can get to that level. It's terrible, and it's hard, but, you know, like I said, you know, I've got great friends, Cliff being one of them, one of my best friends, one of my oldest friends, um, you know, and, and I went through something earlier this year and I really needed someone and uh Cliff uh was one of the guys I could lean on the most. So uh I don't know if I ever said it, Cliff, but thank you. Thank you very much.
1: it's you know, you would have done the same thing for me too. You know, and it's oh, cool. it's something that goes back to goes back to just you know, it's not just a brotherhood or something that you and I, you know, we have a lot of other people that we're all in that same family tree that we've, we've just grown up around each other, and we, just, we know how to reach out you know, to each other. With, maybe it's different with somebody else. You know, We introduce a new person in there, but for the most part, we all know how to reach out to each other and, and get a hold of each other and just say, hey, man, can you, can you listen to me for a second? Can you talk to me? I just need somebody. And you know, we're, we're, we're willing to reach out like that. And I'm willing to reach out to just random strangers, which is crazy to be asking, hey, you got a second? Can you just hear me? And don't, don't say anything, just listen, and then when I'm done, you can kind of bend back to me. And it's, it's something that you just have to realize that sometimes all it takes is for you to say, hey, what's wrong? You know, recently I had a friend who put up a picture on her Facebook page, right, about her uh, suffering from – just has high blood pressure, and she doesn't know why. And, uh, and so many people – Just liked her page. You liked a photo. What the fuck does that do for you? It's part of my language, but what does that do for you? It doesn't do anything. And so I text this girl and I said, Hey, what's going on? And she was like, Well, I have high blood pressure. I'm like, Well why? She's like, Well, I don't know. I was like, Have you started working out yet? No. Do you want to? Do you want to come with me? This is what I've done. This is where I've gone. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but what I've been able to accomplish in just six months, I don't know, I'll tell you guys, I've lost 50 pounds. I used to weigh 230. And I was very bad. I was very depressed. I wanted to the point where I thought to myself that I was going to lose everything, like my, my wife, my kid, like my job, everything. I was going to lose it all. And I built myself back up from the ground up, and I did it through, you know, working out and making sure that I was eating right and properly, and I lost 50 pounds, and I felt better, and I want to help influence other people, and that's what I want to do. And that's all Chester wanted to do is he wanted to reach out to people. He just wanted people to know that he cared. If at any time that nobody else in this world was going to care, you knew Chester Bennington was there. And he did it through his music, and that's where it's so heartbreaking for me because I listened to the song and I literally thought about all my friends that I've lost to suicide, cancer, accidents, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, it's tough. It really is. And you have to deal with the things. And I don't always have to go to somebody to talk to them and I can just hear and interpret it through music. And I, I hear those lyrics in my head every, every minute I hear those lyrics in my head. And I think about it, man, that, you know, who cares if uh one more light burns out in the sky of uh, stars? It flickers. It flickers like I do. I care. I feel what you're saying Chester. Like I 100% understand what you're saying and I interpret it and I I I give like I give to that cuz it's just you know you, you have your friends out there, you have your family out there and please don't hesitate to utilize those guys cuz that's what they're there for. You guys were there as friends. You guys grew old together Antonio and I, we, we did our same, man. We, we've gone from elementary into high school and then we've gone our different paths, but we've stayed the same. Like we have different views, but we've walked the same mile. We've been down each, each other's roads. We know exactly where we've been and you know, whether it's about his family or my family. Like, we just are able to get into the mode and just help the other person. And that's all I'm telling you guys is don't be afraid. I'm here. Antonio's here. You know, your friends, your family, somebody's there. Everybody cares. If you didn't wake up tomorrow morning, a lot of people would be sad. A lot of people would be sad. So, guys, do not hesitate to utilize tools that are given to you because they're there for a reason. And we're here for a reason.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Like what Clifford was saying, like if you if you get to the point where, you know, you're so low and you're thinking about ending it um, and you try to justify it to yourself, because I know I've done this myself, you try and justify it to yourself that, you know, no one's going to miss me. No one's going to care. That's all bullshit. There is someone, even if Uh even if it's just one person, there is one person out there, I guarantee you who cares and it's going to ruin their life. For you to do that, you know. So just, just take a minute. You know, even if you don't reach out to someone, just take a moment and breathe in, and just think to yourself what you would be doing to the people that you love. Even if you feel they don't love you, think about what you're doing to them. All right, that's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like it, it's it. It's never the answer. So um you know uh obviously you know we just want to pay our respect uh to the man and um you know we just want to we just want to reach out to anybody you know like we said if you're ever feeling if you feel that way just there's always somebody there for you even if it's me and Cliff you know they say that the greatest conversation you will ever have is with a stranger. So even if you if you don't know us personally, but you need someone to reach out to, don't don't be afraid. Um, that's really uh, all I have to say on that, uh, Cliff. If you have anything else to say, go ahead.
1: No, man. I mean, that pretty much touches on everything that we've talked about. You know, it's, it's something that we stand for, too. You know, aside from just anybody out there, you know, veterans as well, you know, we're we're here for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, civilian, military, retired, separated, uh, convicted, or just suffering from depression. You know, we're here always. And that's all we want to talk, talk to you guys and tell you guys.
0: That's right. So... Uh, okay.
1: You know. Let's get off the sorrow, man. Let's get on to the sorrow. Let's get, the yeah, sorrow. Yeah. Let's get into happy stuff, man. Like we really do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. again,
0: we just we just wanted to we just wanted to say that we want to lead with that so we can get that out of the way, because uh, we got a lot of really exciting things to talk about uh, this weekend, big weekend. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and before we get into all that, I just want to say one final thing, like music related. Uh, you know, uh, like I said last week, I'm a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, and you know, new album dropped, and I'm I'm so psyched. Uh, you know, uh, that's really all, all I want to say. Like anybody out there who's listening, if you're if you're a big Nine Inch Nails fan like myself, holler at me because I I need someone to talk to about this stuff. <laughs> it's so <laughs> great. Like I I I love listening I love listening to anything Trent Reznor puts out, whether it's Nine Inch Nails. Or even his film scores, those are brilliant. I love listening to those, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I just want to shout out uh to my favorite my favorite musician uh it's great it's great, and there's another there's another album coming later this year, so that's great.
1: All nice. right, so, course, it's always fun to see. You. <laughs> It's always fun to see artists, like, put out multiple albums in, in the same year. Just, to, you know, you're excited to hear everything that they got to put out there. So, it's definitely cool that, you know, Nine Channels is dropping two albums. Well, Trent's dropping two new albums. So, that's definitely, that's really great.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Like, I said this to one of my other buddies this week. I was like, you know, he, he goes on these kicks every now and then, every couple of years, where he just, he's, he's so creative, and he's got it, he just puts it all out there, and he'll drop, like, three or four albums, one right after the other, so... When he gets like this, it, it's really exciting to me because that just means more content and more music. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, you know, really excited about that. So uh, let's get into it, Clifford. What do you want
1: to... So, let's see. What are Last week we started... Yeah. We so last about, week we started with our favorite superheroes, right? We talked about favorite superheroes versus DC and Marvel. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's jump into villains. We'll talk. We'll we'll specifically pick one, okay? So I mean, it doesn't matter if it's DC or Marvel. If you want to talk about both, great. But I think for me, as far as my villain, okay, and I've said this time and time before, and everybody mm-hmm. gets mad about it, and they they tell me so. Whether it's Caesar Romero, mm-hmm. and whether it's Keith Ledger, Jack Nicholson, Mark Hamill, for those of you who don't know that he's also portrayed, Jared Leto, who, will excuse. And, you know, um, there's so many great people who have covered this man. And I think the Joker is one of the most intriguing characters that is in D.C., and not just D.C., but in the comic book universe. And the reason I say he's most intriguing, yeah, he's... He's very, he's very strange, and just when you think you've pinned him like in the right mind, he changes, changes course, and you're just not 100% there. We've seen versions of the Joker who've gone out of his way to just massacrate everybody, and we've seen a Joker who's gone out of his way to tag up with Batman to make sure that – a more evil person to come through and take over. So we've seen multiple sides of him. I like the Joker. Specifically, my favorite Joker would be the one that Mark Hamill has covered numerous times, whether you're a Batman animated fan or you're a fan of the killing joke, which I'm not going to acknowledge. And, and if you're uh, an just you know, if you're in a Batman Arkham Asylum series, like so many people have done. The Joker justice to make him come to life as far as the animated world and in the comic books. Of course, he's a gigantic figure. Like, you there's nobody in this world who does not understand who the Joker is, and there's nobody in the world who fully understands what the Joker is. Even myself, who's kind of followed uh, just everything that he's done and gone through, like it's been amazing, but the the fun part is is that there's so much more to learn from him, how he's able to manipulate people to do what he wants to do, how he doesn't care sometimes. He'll beat a guy down with a crowbar and jokingly ask him which side hurts more, side A or side B, forehand or backhand. Or he'll ask a guy to get him some more bad guys because the bad guys that he brought with him, well, you know, they're dead. And so to me, I think Joker is just one of those classic villains who – Regardless of what era you grew up in, you're like, man, I love this character.
0: Right, 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 right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The Joker is um, undoubtedly, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's got to be the most, the most recognized villain, not even just in, in, in comic books, just in all of literature. That's, as far, that's how far I'm going to take it. Um, you know, you can stand him right next to the devil himself or, you know, uh, just any any literary character. Like, you could even stand, look, I'm, I'm going to go as far as, like, you know, the closest thing we have in the real world to an actual supervillain was what, Adolf Hitler? I'm going to go ahead and put the Joker right up there with that guy. So, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, he's infinitely complex and um, just mysterious as all hell. Like like you were saying, like it's difficult to to really pin him down and figure out just what he's about. Sometimes he doesn't stand for anything. Sometimes he doesn't believe in anything. Sometimes he is very much uh he very much believes in certain causes and whatnot. You know, the character is, you know, like I say, he's very complex and very very rich for, for storytelling purposes. Um but uh, I think the is most effective, like as, as far as being an intimi- intimidating and scary, uh, to me is when you don't know anything about, about him, where he came from, who or what he was prior to being the Joker. Like that's kind of my, kind of my thing with like um, the Tim Burton Joker. Like it, this is nothing against Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson turned in a hell of a performance legendary um but like uh just from like uh, a storytelling point of view like the fact that they gave him an origin in that movie kind of diminishes the joker just a little bit in in my opinion because like like i said when you don't know anything about him that's when he is
1: scariest so well and,
0: and, I, and you're I, right i
1: mean our, our version of... Okay, so Jack's version was a great version. You're right. I would, I would definitely rank him number two of, like, all of, like, live action. Obviously, I mean, we've talked about there's, there's four, really. But you would definitely put him number two because Keith Ledger, man, put a performance together of a man who was just insane, just out there. I mean, the man walked into a mob meeting with grenades strapped to him and like literally was just like i'm gonna make myself explode how daring are you guys and nobody wanted to move off the table and he was the only one that was like come on try me i'm really gonna pull these pins
0: well here's here's the thing i always talk about uh that scene i'm glad you brought it up Uh, i always talk about that scene too like you know um you know uh what's his name guy who played Spawn what was his name in that movie Gamble Oh, right? man, on, um,
1: Michael, Michael J. White
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Gamble
1: so
0: he, he like goes to make a move on the Joker and that's when he you know he whips open his coat and he shows them the, the grenades and everything and they all kind of like no okay never mind let's, let's all just calm down you know but the funny thing about that is like we're talking about the Joker and how unpredictable he is I guarantee you those were dummy bombs <laughs> I guarantee you oh <laughs> I guarantee you those were dummy grenades, but you know, like it, it, it's effective, you know, cause they don't know what he's going to do. I, he probably doesn't even know what he's going to do. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like Heath Ledger, um, his performance, he crafted a version of the character that is very unpredictable and very unsettling. And I think that's what made his Joker work so well. I mean, um, You know, like you clearly, uh, clearly Clifford uh, doesn't have a whole lot of love for Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, But if you want to talk about a really bad Joker, let's talk about Brent Spiner's Joker. And some of you might not know that Brent Spiner played the Joker uh, because his performance was very forgettable. Very bad. uh, Probably the worst Joker of all time. And, you know, Brent Spiner is a guy who has a lot of credibility in the nerd world. You know, he played uh, Data on Star Trek. Uh, But yeah, his Joker, bad, terrible, like not, not good. I don't understand what they were doing or what he was doing. It's just not good. And for those of you who are confused, I'm talking about his one episode appearance in Young Justice. Like that's how bad it was. Like they didn't even bother to bring him back. (laughs) Like for, for any other episode, yeah, his his performance is pretty bad. Um, but yeah, 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 no. Um, but just talking about the character himself, there's a reason the character has endured. For geez, seventy-five plus years at this point. Uh, you know, it's it's. People talk about you know a hero is only as good as as his villain. And I think in the case of Batman and the Joker, I mean, you know, we're talking about the two, like the two most, most recognizable, the, the most recognizable hero and the most recognizable villain of all time. And those characters have both st- stood the test of time because they both challenge each other equally. You know, the Joker is constantly trying to tear Batman down and Batman is constantly just, you know, pushing back and and I think that's what makes that that conflict so eternal. And uh and and you know, neither one of them is going to is going to give in. <laughs> so their their conflict will rage for all of eternity. I guarantee you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny because like there's two sides of, like, a great Joker, right? So I, and I, it's not that I'm not a fan of Jared Leto's Joker. I'm, he's just not very high-ranking on my list of all the other people who've played Joker. Well, let's, you know what let's, I mean? Let's, like,
0: let's, let's agree that uh, Jared Leto is, very, is a very controversial uh, subject when we're talking about the Joker because there are people who love Jared Leto's performance, and there are people who absolutely hate it. And uh, you know everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm I really enjoy Jared Leto's performance, but I also understand that you know he clearly wasn't given enough screen time. Um, but I see there are things about his performance that I honestly can. Uh, people are quick to just be like, "Well, we we want Heath Ledger's Joker back. We want Heath Ledger." Well, unfortunately, Heath Ledger passed away like we're not going to get that back and even if you try and get someone who's just going to imitate his performance all you're going to get is a cheap imitation so uh jared leto i can trace pieces of his performance back to and again i'm not saying he's doing an impression or, or or an imitation but there are things he's doing with the character that actually feel like a continuation of Jack Nicholson's Joker. And I think that's what's so jarring to people, is because people love Heath Ledger's version of the Joker so much that they kind of forget just how different Heath and Jack's Joker is. And again, Jack and uh, Cesar Romero, uh, again, also very different. Uh, And you can even talk about like Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's Joker is... Oh, how do we, I guess his is probably the most comic book accurate, but I mean, you know, it's hard, it would be hard for his not to be, considering his exists in the world of animation and, and video games and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, look, we're, we're here talking about this character, <laughs> and we can, we can dissect the character all day every day for the rest of our lives and we would never run out of things to say about the character um but that's that's the mark of a great character a well-written character and a character that like i said has endured and will continue to endure so yeah you know what's funny is
1: like like two of my okay so I i have three favorite lines that like joker has like ever said right and one of them is um and Batman Beyond, obviously it's Mark Hamill, and Batman Beyond playing Return of the Joker when he was like, you know, I'm a fan of the suit, uh, not so much the point of ears, the cape you lost at, the jetpack. He's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Batman. He's like, you're not Batman, Bat-fake. Like, to me, that, that's such a hilarious line. But then, like, another line, and this goes to the, to the complexity of the character as well as, like, each individual performance, right? So another one that really stands to me is when Heath Ledger says, you know what I'm a fan, or he's like, you know what I love? He's like, I love, I'm a simple man. I love gasoline. I love gunpowder and dynamite. And you know what's great about these things? They're cheap. And they're like, he lights the money on fire. Like, to me, I'm like, whoa. Like, that's such a powerful statement for him because he's like, right. I don't care. I'm here to burn the world down. And then yeah, no, my and other and one is if you go to. a
0: more powerful image to illustrate that than the man setting a pile of money on fire. Like, that man does not give a fuck.
1: <laughs> no. And then, and then you know, like, the last line out there that really stands out to me, too, was, uh, well, actually, it, it would have to be a tie, actually. So Mark Hamill, once again, in an animated series, when he says, and this goes back to a comedic kind of side, he's like, I'll be the one that tangles with the Batman, but get me around the IRS and no sir, I will not mess with them. <laughs> like, that's... That goes yes, back to like, yes, oh my God! Yes. Like, he will, he will he will fight Batman tooth and nail, but when it comes to the IRS, he's like, I will pay my taxes, that's and that's it's like, so God, so funny. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <sighs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And there are, you know, I can talk. I'll bring up my favorite uh, Joker moments from the comic books. Um, one of my favorite interpretations of the Joker from the comic books is um, Batman Arkham Asylum. A serious house on serious earth. Now, the Arkham Asylum video game was very loosely based on this comic book. Very loosely, the uh, the concept of the Joker and all the inmates of Arkham kind of taking over the asylum. That's the basic premise that they took for the video game. But the the comic book is very uh, psychological, and um, and very. Uh, the artwork in that book is incredibly surreal. Like, there's no way to describe that artwork any other way. Um, and the visual representation of the Joker in that book, to this day, haunts my nightmares. Like, if you've never, if you've never seen the artwork for this book, if you've never read the book, pick it up, read it. It's, it's worth a read. I agree. Hello. Yo, uh Yo. I apologize for that. Uh technical difficulties, unexpected, I might add. <laughs> so let's try that again. Part two of episode two. It's a two parter, people. <laughs>
1: So well, you know, let's let's just let's kind of continue on, man. So yeah, we've talked about the Joker and how great he was, and it kind of leads us into like our next big thing since we're talking about comic book heroes. Let's talk about this weekend.
0: That's right, that's right. This weekend, like I said at the top of the show, uh, not the top of the show, but um, big weekend as as you all know, uh, San Diego Comic Con was this weekend, and boy. Did they, uh, did they spoil us this year? <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to throw out some, some, some topics right off the, uh, off the top. And uh, Clifford, uh, After ap- I'm just going to throw these out here, and then you just respond to whichever one grabs you the most. Um, number one for me, Justice League trailer. Justice League, so hyped, so excited. Uh, number two, a project I didn't know a whole lot about, and now I'm incredibly excited for. Uh, Ready Player One. I definitely need to read that book. Uh, let's see what else dropped. Um, I know uh, my my little brother is super excited about the.
1: What is it? The Call of Duty zombies. Oh yeah, they dropped the zombies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. World War Two zombies. That's
0: right, World War II Zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My little brother is hyped about that one. Um, oh, I'm going to bring up something that uh, got me really excited, and I don't seem to see a whole lot of people talking about it, which is heartbreaking. Uh, Pacific Rim, Uprising. Because I love the first Pacific Rim, and I'm so excited for the sequel. Um, that teaser that they dropped got me so pumped. Uh, and what else? What else, Clifford? What What did you see that got you excited?
1: Uh, so I you, know, you haven't touched on it yet. Um, Thor Ragnarok. Okay, yeah, uh, and I and I, I bring it up only because this is the one where we're gonna see mm-hmm. Hulk have a voice. So like, cool. not is that a Hulk smash? Hulk destroy? Hulk smirk? Puny Hulk humans. punches? Puny humans? No, it's mm-hmm. the Hulk really had a conversation with Thor. Which was kind of cool. So, I mean, we got to see that. We had to preview that. So, that definitely stood out to me. Uh, you've already mentioned the Justice League trailer, which, oh, my God, man. No lanterns, no Kryptonians. What? Get that out of here, man. We need our guys in there. But I'm super soaked still to hear that. Uh, you, you, you nailed it on the head without really having to say too much. Ready Player One, that is something I don't know anything about, but for some reason I am hugely intrigued by it, so I was right? definitely excited about that. I was you know, my my jaw hit the ground I was like man this is this is definitely something that I need to definitely go check out um, oh yeah, yeah another sure. one another one yeah. that we didn't really talk about too much too, and um Gotham Season Four got announced, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like the trailer uh we we get to see Crane introduced into it now so it's definitely definitely got me hyped and then um I, I know like people are going in and out trying to find it themselves and i actually got the honor uh, i should say the privilege to be able to watch uh infinity war yeah. like let's be real like infinity war uh seeing spider-man and you i'm I, I'm so intrigued about what's going on because you have a Tom Holland laying on the ground. Not to spoil it for you guys, but Tom Holland's laying on the ground. Uh, Tony Stark is holding his head, and Tom Holland is apologizing for something. You're not really quite sure what, but he's in the iron. Yeah, he's in the iron spider. He's in the iron spider suit. We see uh, you know, Chris Evans, who yeah, can, you know, obviously is Steve about, Rogers.
0: Can we talk about bearded cap for a second here?
1: I dare cap look rat.
0: We got to talk about it. Like yeah. Uh, they they they, <laughs> they they finally gave it to him cuz you know um, Chris Evans always talks about like he hates shaving his beard off to play Captain America. Well, yeah, there you go. You got your beard and you get to be Cap. And can I just say something real quick? <laughs> like I love Chris Evans. Um, all I want for Christmas this year is a beard like Chris Evans beard. If any of y'all can make that happen for me, I would be so grateful.
1: <laughs> that man does have a nice beard. He He's does have you. a nice beard. <laughs> no, it was, so was see, like, rolling. Rolling. Yeah, it was so incredible to see. Keep
0: rolling.
1: Yeah, uh, it's so incredible to see. I think top moment, too, was when you saw it right at the opening. Uh, and for you guys that haven't seen it yet, it's, and not to spoil it, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are flying through, and then uh, Thor hits the windshield. And the guys are freaking out, and you have Rocket Raccoon screaming out, "Get it off! Get it off! Get it off!" And then they finally bring him in, and Mantis Mantis literally says, "Waken!" And Thor wakes up, and bam, there we are. And all of a sudden, here we are going to Earth, and we see. All the guardian, the Guardians of the Galaxies meeting with the Avengers. You know, it, it is a broken Avengers. Uh, you know, you do have a Chris Evans, obviously, is still on the run. Uh, but then now you see Winter Soldier. By the way, Winter Soldier with Black Panther. Like what? Like last time we saw Winter Soldier, he was being frozen, and here he is with his gun, ready to fight next to Wakanda against something. So it's definitely really huge. I'm. Uh, there's so much cool stuff that happened. And just this small trailer, you know, right, right. let's, let's be yeah. real. Well, wanna, my favorite, about my that. favorite scene, about.
0: go ahead. What?
1: Go, go ahead. No, I was going to say like my favorite scene so far of the trailer was watching Thanos pull the moon from the sky down mm-hmm. to, <laughs> down to the planet. Like, holy cow. Like if the Avengers and guardians of the galaxies do not know what they're going up against, they will, Oh, you know
0: now. <laughs> Let me tell you, the moon, it comes crashing down. That's a Rick and Morty reference for anybody out there listening. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I wanna I wanna talk uh briefly on what you, you you brought it up. You brought up Winter Soldier uh standing with Wakanda and I'm with you on that. That's a striking image because you know, for the majority of civil war, I'm gonna I'm gonna let my resentment of that movie subside just a little bit here. For the majority of Civil War, like <laughs> Black Panther's, like try straight up trying to murder Winter Soldier throughout that whole movie, and so to see to see that image, yeah, it's very striking. It's very like, it's like oh, you know, the stuff hit the fan, you know, like it's 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 a it's a it's a powerful image for sure. <laughs> So yeah, like that was probably the image that stuck out to me the most. I mean, just in terms of like how like I said, the last time you saw uh Winter Soldier like well, like you said, the last time we actually saw him, he was being frozen. But like like I said, for the majority of that movie, Black Panther's trying to kill that guy. So it it's pretty great to see that. So yeah, yeah, no, that was probably my favorite my favorite part. And
1: it's so cool. It was so cool to see like You know, you have Iron Man on another planet with, you know, um, with Star Wars, and they're, like, battling side by side, but they're getting messed up in the process. Like, I'm just, there's just so much cool stuff that's about to hit. Like, I mean, this is what we've been waiting for, three phases of Marvel for this one movie. And just this one scene, if it says anything about what Disney's got planned, Marvel's got planned for this, it's going to be epic, in the words of uh, Orange, uh, Orange uh, President, who had this hair sway, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Huge. We're gonna make a movie. It's gonna be, <laughs> be huge. It's gonna be massive. Yeah. It's gonna
0: be spectacular. No, <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right, man. I gotta give it to him. I gotta give it to him. It, it looks. It, it's definitely on a scale that we've never seen before and that's that's exciting it's very exciting so yeah and yeah, let's, infinity war that's oh man
1: let's not let's not diminish anything because dc holy shit like justice league looked incredible and in fact in justice league alone my favorite scene from the from the trailer alone was uh-huh. when uh Aquaman is like falling down to Earth, and he's got oh, the he's is. riding on a he's, he's riding on an riding enemies through a building now. and surfs them out.
0: <laughs> that was great. That was great. I love such that. an awesome That's, moment.
1: Oh yeah, and I
0: gotta I gotta like I've been talking about this ever since I saw that trailer. Like, um, I love Ezra Miller. Uh, and I remember when the casting came out that he was gonna be the Flash in the movie. I remember. Personally, myself, I was like, oh, that's awesome, because I love that dude. He's a talented actor. So I've been Team Ezra since day one. But every little piece of his performance that I see just convinces me more and more that this is the right guy. Like, I love Grant Gustin. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a <laughs> hater. I love Grant Gustin. But seeing Ezra Miller and his take on the character, it just fills me with so much joy. Like, everything he says in that trailer is hilarious. I love that scene where he's like... Um, He's like, I get I get that you guys are ready to do battle, and that's great, but I've never done battle before. I just kind of push some people and run away.
1: Like, I love that. I think I think my favorite thing that he said, like, on the whole trailer was he was just like, oh, they all disappeared. That's that's rude. And he just, boom, he just takes off.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. He's like, that's, that's rude. And then he just, boom, takes off. I love it. I
1: love it. Ang- oh, it's so great. Can we give it... Can we give a little love to Jonah Jameson uh yeah. now over in DC? Like Yes. <laughs> he played yeah, a perfect and let's be you know. honest. Yeah, he played a perfect Jonah Jameson and now we're seeing him as uh, Detective Gordon. Yeah. Hey, or Commissioner Gordon. Like I'm all aboard. Like he he both roles suit him very well.
0: Oh yeah. And he looks he looks fantastic as Commissioner Gordon. Like I remember when they said, like, don't get me wrong, fantastic actor. I had no, I, I had no doubt he was going to be able to pull it off. But I, I remember thinking, like, ah, I don't know, he just doesn't look like Commissioner Gordon. And then I, you know, you finally get to see him, and I'm like, oh no, I was wrong. He looks just like comic book Commissioner Gordon. And that's the yeah. thing a lot, because Gary Oldman looked a lot like comic book Gordon as well. So yeah, no, no, no. I got I'm, I'm giving love to everybody. I love what everybody. We finally got to hear uh, Ray Fisher as Cyborg deliver some some dialogue. I mean, he he did deliver a little bit of dialogue in the previous trailer, but yeah, yeah. I feel like his his is the performance we haven't seen a whole lot of yet, so I'm still intrigued as to what's going on with Cyborg in this movie. So
1: yeah, so I'm kind of excited. You could... Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so one of my favorite. Um... One one of my favorite actors. Actually, I watched Scandal on ABC, and uh, Olivia Pope. Her father is actually the father is the creator of Cyborg. So yeah, seeing him in the movie got me hyped. Yeah, it got me hyped, and obviously I'm a huge uh, Terminator fan as well, so Terminator 2, obviously I saw him, and I was like, oh my god, like, there he is, there's my, one of my favorite characters, he's in Terminator, he's in here, and now he's the father of Cyborg, like, come on, man, like, is there nothing that this man can do? And, like, seeing him in these roles, I'm just, I'm hyped, and he's got me hyped, and, you know, now Cyborg is going to be taking on his own role and stuff, and it's, it's good, it's really good to see everything happen.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I'm so excited. Um you know, I give it I give it up to to Marvel and and the Infinity War trailer, but like I'm still just so psyched for Justice League. Like that's that's still my number one right there. I'm so excited. Um you know, just just the idea like cuz you know, again, this is not a knock against against Marvel. I love Marvel. You know that. But like DC those characters, Superman, Batman, the Flash, Wonder Woman, Aquaman those are iconic characters, some of them seventy five plus years uh, you know and without them like you know regardless of where you stand uh, without those characters, we wouldn't have a lot of the, the the characters that we have now, and that includes a lot of the Marvel characters so you know it's it's just great to finally see all of those characters <laughs> on on the screen together uh, in in a big epic production like that, so yeah, I'm hyped, so hyped.
1: You know, and and something that we didn't talk about either, but I haven't really checked out the trailer yet, so I need to. But uh, Defenders, it, you oh, know was right. announced.
0: That's right. I still haven't even seen it. Oh, I got to get on that.
1: Yeah, I got to see. I got to see what this looks like when uh, Jessica Jones and Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Iron Fist all get together. Uh, we had another introduction for uh, Star Trek Discovery, you know, the newest oh, Star Trek coming right. out. That's right. I did. I did see that. That looks you know, the, really good. Do you know what else I was so excited about? Which I i never even seen the first one, but I'm excited to see the second one. And I'm going to have to go back and watch the first one. Uh, Kingsman.
0: Oh, that's right. What? I wanted to talk about Kingsman. Yes, because I love the first Kingsman and uh, that trailer for the Golden Circle. So excited!
1: <laughs> you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, so it was, was weird.
0: Season?
1: Nope. I'm gonna be honest. I'm one of a few guys that probably has not seen that movie yet. Oh, I will be watching man. it because it's definitely something I gotta catch up on.
0: You have gotta watch it, man. It's so good. I remember. I mean, uh, Halle Berry's oh, in the
1: movie. I have to see it. Oh, that's, that's right. She is. She is. Yeah. No. Her and Channing. Watch- Channing Tatum. <laughs> I know. Oh, I
0: love that line at the end of the. The trailer when uh when Eggsy is like Oh, it's so American and Chatty is like Yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I just I that. just find it funny that I find it funny that Storm and Gambit are gonna be in a movie together finally.
0: Oh that's right, I didn't even make that connection. As directed by Matthew <laughs> Vaughn, he directed uh X Men First Class. So there you go. It's there we go. The crazy X Men uh, reunion, even though neither of those actors were in his X Men movie. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I am super excited about that movie because the first Kingsman like, don't get me wrong, I saw all those trailers and I was like, this movie's gonna be awesome. But I feel like that movie was kind of a sleeper hit. Like I uh, I remember I was watching that I made um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out here. Um Ella Dominguez, uh gonna give you a shout out, name drop, uh international bestseller, best selling author. Um, I made her watch the first Kingsman with me, cause she had never heard of it. And I remember I was like, "We're gonna watch this movie." And she took one look at the Blu-ray cover and she was like, ah, "I guess." Like the disgust, <laughs> the disgust in her <laughs> voice. But like we watched the movie, and like we got maybe 15 minutes into it, and she was like on board with it. She was like, "Yes." yes, I need more of this. And I'm like, well, calm down because we still have the rest of the movie to get through. <laughs> and like, yeah, no, like she was hooked, man. Like that movie, even if you're like, if you saw the previews or whatever and you're like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, give it a watch. It'll it'll change your mind. It's really good.
1: Yeah, I'm really, like, yeah, and know, I, I, I'm, it, I'm it, is, it is definitely on too. my list. That's good, man. Yeah, You've got to watch it. It's so good. Well, and remember, and, and so the and funny, funny thing is, is like last year, like I hadn't seen uh, Days of Future Past. I hadn't seen The Wolverine. That's I hadn't right. seen Man that's of Steel. Right. I had a list of movies I literally had to power through just to get caught up. And uh, yes, and it, it right. wasn't until like, yeah. even last week, man, like I, I finally watched Spider-Man Homecoming. So now I'm caught up on the entire, you know, Marvel DC Cinema Universe and it's taking them quite a long time to get there but it's definitely it's definitely worth a journey to go through. So I'm still catching up on movies that I missed. You know, I definitely want to see like Aliens, you know, I definitely this is definitely a movie I have to go check out. Uh and just so many other movies that I've I've missed and I know I've missed them. You know, even though like and some people will ask, I missed um Reddick, I missed uh Triple X, I missed uh, fast, and the, uh, the fate of the furious. Like, I haven't seen that yet either, so I'm still like catching yeah, up on I've movies. But I had to make sure that my first movies that I was going to cover were all going to be comic book related because I those those are my movies. I love those movies.
0: That's right. that's right. Yeah, man. Oh man, I forgot that you because <laughs> I remember like as you were watching them, you were messaging me like, Yo, this is great, or like, What's up with this part? and I was like. <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. No, 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 it makes sense that you you haven't seen Kingsman yet, but uh get on that, man. Get on it. It's
1: good. Because remember, it was like a full year after Guardians of the Galaxy had came out, that I came back and it was like, "Yo, Guardians of the Galaxy is so awesome." And it was like 4 months later, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 2 it came out. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Oh, man. Oh, um speaking of Kingsman, uh I don't uh, I don't think you
1: and I have ever talked about it. Do, do you watch Archer? Yes, I do watch Archer actually. <laughs> did, did, you see
0: the, did you see the animated thing that they released? It's uh, Archer meets the Kingsman.
1: I heard about it, but I didn't get to check it out yet.
0: It's oh, it's so good. Uh, don't watch it before you watch the movie though. <laughs> like, okay, i will definitely. I'll watch the movie first. Yeah, watch Kingsman, then watch the watch this. But it, yeah, it's it's great. Like I kind of w- like uh I wish they would do a live action Archer, but at the same time it's like who are you gonna get to play Sterling Archer in live
1: action? Like No yeah, because uh his voice is just so unique. Like you you're not right? gonna pin him anywhere and, and, else. You can't just have yeah, a guy you
0: associate that voice with the character so much.
1: So it's and, you know, I mean, well, you know, funny thing is, is, you know, you can do a live action movie with him as a voice, kind of like Birds of Prey. Uh, we have uh, we never actually touched on that here, but Mark Hamill never yeah, yeah. stepped on screen as a Joker, but he was the Joker. That was
0: his voice. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I mean, yeah, you and could it was, do that. You could do that with Archer, but. Oh, man.
1: I'm but you have to do like a real pretty boy to do like no, you have to do like the, pretty the boy other, to do Archer that's the other
0: side of, that's the other side of it like you have to find someone who looks like sterling archer and then you know and then do the voice over it but and like that's a tough sell man i know how studios are about that kind of stuff so cuz that's your lead that's your lead character so to have two actors portraying one character in a movie that's 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 a tough sell enough But you know, like regardless, regardless, I I would love to see a live action Archer just so that we could put him in a Kingsman movie because that would be great.
1: Or you do it so far, or you do it so far, like to the comedy side that Mm -hmm. people will already know, like oh yeah, so John Benjamin is the voice of Archer, but look, there's Channing Tatum playing Archer, and he's not even saying anything; he's lipping the words poorly.
0: feel like that would work, anyways, because like you know, Archer is just perpetually drunk, <laughs> so it just looked
1: like he was slurring his words a lot. But yeah, yeah or you, you know, could be like, yeah. you could get a Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Channing Tatum, no, one no. of those, one of those. Um, who is that? Um, who's the most ridiculously
0: looking guy in Hollywood? Scott Eastwood. Let's get Scott Eastwood. He he needs a starring vehicle. Let him be Archer.
1: Yeah no, uh, yeah. Um let's begin give me a second. I I'm trying to remember um who who was in Ghost Rider with uh Nicolas Cage. Uh the first one. Uh he played uh um Blackheart. Are you talking about Wes Bentley?
0: Yes. <laughs> I could see that. He so, does kind of looks like Archer.
1: You do a Wes Bentley or um there was another character. Oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember a story. And forgive me, I'm I'm literally typing in this as I'm I'm talking cuz yeah, I'm my, I'm seeing my tablet. <laughs> I have my tablet in my hand. I'm literally like looking for all these people. Uh Matt, Matt uh, yeah, Matt Bomber. Uh yeah, Bomber. Yeah, I
0: was going to say that too, Matt Bomber. You, you could totally yeah. have him play Archer.
1: I just, I would just love to see him lip out the words. Do you want to get punched in the face? Because that's how you get punched in the face. <laughs> oh, the...
0: uh, my favorite Archer quote um, is when uh, he was on the train with the Ocelot, and he's like, "I just want to have a fight on the top of a moving train. Is that so much to ask for?" <laughs> <laughs> that's my yeah, favorite quote. I love that. But yeah, yeah, no, I would love, I would love it if they could do a live action Archer like I said, just so that they could stick him in a Kingsman movie, because you watch that, that little animated short, and it's, the world's meshed together so well that I would, it's great to see it animated. It really is, but I would love to see it in live action because they did get um, and forgive me, I know I'm saying his name wrong, but I just don't know what the proper pronunciation is. Uh, Terran e- Egerton? Egerton? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. But they did get him yeah. to voice to voice Exy in the the animated short, so you know it's it's great, it, it works well. <laughs> and that kid, yeah. that kid, I got to give it to him because I I brought this up when um I was watching the movie with Ella, Kingsman was his first movie, like he straight up came straight oh. out of uh film school, he auditioned for it, sure. and booked it, and. His performance in that movie, that character, it would be so easy in the hands of a less capable actor for that character to be someone you hate. And he walks the line so well. Like like you get it, you get where he's coming from, you understand why he is the way he is and you don't you don't hate him. You know, you understand, you you empathize with the character. And uh you know, that's not an easy thing to do, especially with a character like that. So yeah, I give it up to that kid. He's he's super talented. So, and like I said, it, that was his first uh, his first movie. And I, I, if you watch the behind the scenes stuff on there, he even talks about that. Like he's he talks about how how odd and surreal it is to be doing the behind the scenes interviews. Uh, they were still filming, and he's like, "Well, by the time you guys are watching this at home, the movie will have already come out." And it's like, it's like holy shit, this kid really has a handle on what's going on right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I ah, I'm I'm just gushing about Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so uh, what else are we excited about from Comic Con? Can we talk about Ready Player One for a second here? We mentioned it. Yeah, let's um, let's do. Let's, let's get into that because that was something that really surprised me. Uh, I've said this to everybody. Like I've heard of the book, I've never read it. I've only heard good things about it. So I'm definitely going to read it uh, now that I see what the movie is going to be. But um, one of the things that intrigues me most about the trailer, can we talk about some of the cameos in this trailer? Like we saw the Iron Giant. I Uh, saw saw, the Iron Giant. We saw saw Freddy Krueger, um, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Uh, And there was a character. Please tell me I'm not making this up. Deadpool was in that trailer, was he not?
1: You know, what's funny is, um, as we're literally talking right now, it's playing on my tablet. <laughs> I literally wanted to see, like, all the characters again that I kept. Because I, I, I thought I kept hearing certain things. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw, like, at the beginning where uh, uh, E.T. was actually at the beginning of the trailer, like, in the intro. Right. So it was definitely cool to see that they were paying homage back to that. But, um, you know, what's funny is I I wouldn't doubt seeing, like, Random characters because this movie is based, you know, kind of like an 80s origin style. But um, right. It's, I don't know. I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued by everything that's going on with it. Um, the whole motorcycle scene really caught my attention. I think that's what really got me hyped about the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, um, you know, I keep um, I keep bringing up like all the crazy like uh, uh cameos. Are you
1: sure? Are this. you sure that's not? So, crazy enough, right, I asked this question, looking mm-hmm. back on the scene, right, that we're talking about. Because you're, you're talking right when he enters into the world, right, yeah, right when he's right walking when by. Going,
0: like, yeah, you see somebody walk past him. He's got the dual katanas on his back. I'm Maybe I didn't see it correctly, but, like, I'm pretty sure that's Deadpool. You see who I'm talking about, right?
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely Snake Eyes.
0: Is it? Okay, here, here. I'm, I'm, I'm actually watching it again right
1: now as well. Let me try and get that. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely felt more like a snake eyes look. And because we got to remember, too, like, who uh, Hansborough, who made yeah. G.I. Joe? Oh, you know what?
0: That's right, because um uh Ready Player One is directed by Steven Spielberg, which let's, can we talk about how amazing that is? Uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, of all people, making this movie? I mean, not that it's surprising, but it's I definitely would not have pegged him to make something like this. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, I'm looking at him. Oh, man, it's really tough to tell. Because it also kind of looks... it. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now on screen. So there's a character who looks... I'm telling you, it's Deadpool. And he's walking right next to a character who looks like Harley Quinn. I definitely saw that. Yeah, she, it, she looks kind of like... I mean, they're both kind of in shadows, so you can't really tell, but she's got the pigtails, and she's got the skirt. She kind of looks like Arkham Knight Harley. And I'm telling you that's Deadpool, because as far as I know, Snake Eyes does not dual-wield katanas.
1: And this guy he has they're on his back. They're, but they're not cross-patterned. And I was kind of curious to see if maybe that was a different kind of like... Deathstroke. Mm Mhm. I wasn't. I wasn't sure, but yeah, definitely the wolfers definitely looks like Harley Quinn, and that definitely, that would definitely for me would have passed off as Harley Quinn.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking again. I'm looking at the character, like he's got like it looks like he's got the thing on his chest where the swords cross over on him.
1: That's gotta be Deadpool. (laughs) My man is riding Scorpion right now.
0: <laughs>
1: just, all the all yeah, uh, the no. orcs in this movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, this movie looks uh, it looks insane. Like I'm super excited for it, and it's a movie that I didn't expect to be excited for. So yeah, like this is this is crazy. The, Iron the NASCAR Giant, scene. Oh my, I mean that 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 gets me every time. <laughs> the Iron Giant. Yeah, 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 and then you see the Delorean just whipping around. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, the Scorpion. I'm looking at it right now. Freddy Krueger. Oh my God, this movie just looks so good.
1: So Freddy Krueger is, at the, is, is on that scene, right? Is that is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it, it's like
0: it's like right after you see him riding the Scorpion. Uh, Freddy just gets annihilated though. So, but yeah, no, this is. It looks like visually it looks amazing like the visuals on this thing it it's and i mean like again it's spielberg so you know like why wouldn't it look fantastic like oh my god like i so i i'm going to i'm going to purchase a copy of the book right now while we're doing this <laughs> i got to read this <laughs> i need to read this right away cuz this this totally looks like something right up my alley like how did i not Know about this prior to this, right? Can you tell me, no, Cliff, I definitely can you inter- Tell me, Cliff, how did this fly under our radar?
1: You know what? It's probably because you need, neither one of us read like a whole bunch of books. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I read a lot, okay. Like I just, like I said, I've heard of the book. I just never got around to reading it. So now I got to read it. I'm so excited. Can't
1: wait for the movie. I'm just- I'm just hyped about this Delorean, man. Seeing it back now,
0: <laughs> seeing the Delorean—that was kind of what also got me super excited. Aside, like even all the cameos, I was like, "Yeah, that's all great," but the Delorean is in this movie. That's great. So I'm just I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and that's um that's Ty Sheridan. He's the uh, he's the new Cyclops in the X Men movies. So.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, that, that You'd already won me over. And so like another movie that really wasn't talked about right, um that that even we haven't talked about and this might be the last thing that we get to kinda of talk about and you know, as hyped as we are from player, player, Ready uh, Player Ready One, ready Player One, um, Bright. The new oh, Will Smith right. movie. That's right. I mean we're we'll talking about human org. Uh, yeah.
0: That's, 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 like that's a script from Max Landis. Uh, directed by David Ayer. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, you're right. We got to talk about that.
1: Yeah, so a great, great trailer. It came out very, um, very dark and gritty. You know, definitely how that yeah. came out. But then also yeah. we saw a magic wand that obviously grants wishes, and now everybody wants to get a hold of this. And so here's Will Smith and, uh, you know, and, and Matt, like, trying to defend the wand. And it's so, it's so awesome. Like, obviously, it's... It, it very you okay so not that it would be similar, but it's more of a comedic sim- similarity. Uh, do you remember Black and Tan? Um, you don't because I feel, like I, because I feel like I should. You should, you should, because it was from Clone High USA. Oh my God! Oh I knew it. I know, <laughs> dude. Oh. Oh two guys from two different worlds. Two guys, two different worlds, come together for one mission. Like, and one guy's a comedic genius. Like, one hundred percent. That's that's what it is right there. I mean, that's that's what we're talking totally. about. Like, totally. Bright is one hundred percent black and tan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: So I gotta, I gotta, we gotta talk about this real, real quick. Um, before we continue this uh, this discussion
1: that's, um
0: Clifford just dropped a super obscure reference right there
1: <laughs> For those of you,
0: I, I hope some of you someone out there remembers clone High <laughs> cause that was that was one of the greatest things ever on television and it, oh my god if 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 anybody out there knows what it is, hit us up we get we we've gotta talk about that but um, oh my God. Clearly, oh, my God, Clone High. My, you are my you are my brother, man. Only you would make a Clone <laughs> High reference. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that show.
1: <laughs> I know. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I haven't seen this show in so long. And, I was, and the reason why I got started, right, was we were talking about, and it sounds crazy how this reference all plays out, right? So mm-hmm. wrapping back, right, a couple weeks ago, a bunch of friends and I we were talking about – um, you know, certain things not being the way that we remember them, like certain people, certain marks in history not being the way we remember them. And uh, we were talking about JFK and the uh, and assassination, uh, whether there was four seats in a car or six seats in a car, right? The Mandela effect. And so uh, I literally I literally was like, I was like, quiet. I'm trying to nail Catherine the Gate. Or should I say Catherine the So-So? <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, the yep. F.K.
0: was like, that was, the char- that was the character you could quote endlessly from that show. I remember, uh, what is it? My abs are so hard you could grate cheese on them.
1: <laughs> well, because the other thing, too, that always makes me laugh is my friends, like, one time, like, I was telling people, like, you know, because my name's Cliff, you know, and other people hear here is as Chris or Clint or... Uh, Eric, one time I got called and I was like, yeah, and they're like, so what do you prefer? Yeah, I don't even know. I was like, you know, but they were like, they're "Like, what do you go by, Cliff? I was like, you know what? I kind of answer by all, you know, Cliff, Chris, Clint, Cadillac, <laughs> Lincoln Continental. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, to this and, uh,
0: story, I, still, I still use the Gandhi quote. Uh, what is it? Oh, right. Gandhi is anti-violence, not anti-comedy <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's just it's just oh funny God. man because like you know, what a and like to be honest what a classic show like we only got one season of that. We saw, like, very end where Jonah Arc and, like, Abe Lincoln were, like, trying to get close. Spoiler alert for people who have never seen this show in ten years when it came out. It used to be on right after Monday Night Raw, and that's why we watched it. Anyway, back to where we were going with this. <laughs> that show got cut off way too early. You know, one of my favorite scenes, too, was Jack Black, man, when he was up there talking about, I've done weed, I've done coke, heroin, I've done it all, man, acid, alcohol, but the scene that got me the highest most raisins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, I forgot Jack Black was on that show. Oh my god. Jack
1: yeah, Jack Black. Uh Tom Green. Remember Tom Green was trying to tell oh, everybody man. how A D D was god. contagious?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh dude, like what oh
1: man. That was such a great show. Such a great Able, show. Able. Abe Lincoln trying to run for president and someone tried to shoot him from behind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Yeah, like, we, we, we got to kind of give people a rundown on what this show was. Like, if you're listening to this and you have no idea what this show is, the, the, the basic premise of the show was that uh, a bunch of cloned versions of uh, historical figures are going to high school together. <laughs> and so, like, the main characters were what? Abe Lincoln, uh, Joan of Arc, Gandhi... JFK and uh Cleopatra. Yeah, that's right. Uh and like they Genghis, used, Khan. To, like, embody... Genghis Khan, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And they all kind of embody um like one of the archetypes. Mm-hmm. Like J J F K is the Jock, the popular handsome Jock. Um Cleopatra is like Please. the hot girl. The hot girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh Abe is kind of let's be honest, he's kind of the the nerd.
1: he was a nerd Uh, he definitely was Joan of Arc was a goth
0: girl yeah she was like the outsider girl but like she had a crush on Abe right yeah she did she did yeah Gandhi was Gandhi was Abe's best friend he was Abe's best friend but he was
1: also kind of like the weird like uh, yeah he
0: was just kind of the weird best friend
1: (laughs) yeah my favorite I think I think one of my other favorite scenes too was when uh, they, they were making a movie they are making movies, the student film projects. And Joan of Arc had Geng- Genghis Khan. And he, she literally told him, all right, Genghis, I'm going to say action. You're going to yell. Ready? He's like, yes. He's like, all right. And action. Line. He's like, no, there is no line. You just yell.
0: <laughs> I do remember that one. That's great. <laughs> one, of the other, one of the other ones I remember is, guys, um, yeah, see, now we're just, we're just on a nostalgia trip over this show. <laughs> <laughs> remember uh what was it like they uh abe and jfk were gonna like they were racing remember that one oh and my god yes. Like, yes yes it turned into, it turned into some weird like uh the tortoise and the hare metaphor and like abe he's just like i'm just gonna because uh, what happened like for some reason he he didn't get any sleep the night before so he like pulls over on the side of the road and he's like i'm just gonna you know take my time or whatever he takes a nap jfk
1: ends up like careening off the edge of a cliff <laughs> No, remember, because he was driving the car, and he was looking at himself in the mirror, and he was in the blue Cadillac of all the cars that you could have in that show. He was in the blue Cadillac, and the windows were, and the and the, and the top was down, and he's waving his hair. He's looking in the mirror. He's like, I'm going to win this race. Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. And then the car flipped over. <laughs> that's, right,
0: that's right. That's right. The car flipped over. Meanwhile, Abe is just, like, taking a nap. <laughs> And he waits will like yes, be the like and he finishes the race.
1: And he wins in a oh. station wagon of all the cars. <laughs> I
0: know. Oh my god, that show was so good. Oh man. See man, we just like completely oh. went off the rails on this one. Like now we're talking about Clone High. <laughs>
1: I kind not know what happened, but you know, it's just it's just like, just as crazy as it gets, like, to circle it all back, right? Because Ready Player One did this to us. It put me in that mindset with all the different cameos of all the different characters. And then also now you're here with, uh, you're talking about Bright and we're talking about Magic Wands and just a weird buddy comedy, serious action kind of film that we're getting out of uh, out of Will Smith in this movie. So it's definitely exciting to see, like, uh, uh just, just the whole entire saga play out.
0: Right. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because uh, we were talking about we were talking about this movie, Bright. Um, uh, again, I gotta I gotta bring up uh, written by Max Landis. Um, this is like totally something that he would come up with, like where, you know, like like in the trailer, you know, like you were saying, it, it starts out kind of uh, dark and gritty, and then like you take like this hard left, and you're like, wait a minute, a magic wand. <laughs> but like that's the kind of thing he does. He likes to take your he likes to subvert your expectations. Like you think you're getting one thing and then it's like BAM surprise motherfucker <laughs> Like you're getting a totally different thing. And and guess what? You're gonna you're gonna love it. Like uh that's what I love about Max. Like he does that all the time and uh Yeah, man, like any anything he's involved with I get excited for. So yeah, when I heard when I heard Will Smith was going to star in a movie written by Max Landis, I, I was immediately in. Never mind the fact that David Ayer was going to be directing a Max Landis script. Like, right away, like, all that together, I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. Say no more. I'm there.
1: So yeah, it's, yeah, weird. Yeah, I'm- it's weird that Will Smith will say, hey, let me go play in a movie called Bright where I'm a cop. And I'm working with an orc and we're protecting a magic wand. But you won't be in a movie with the Wachowski brothers when they come to you and tell you, hey, you're dreaming in a world, but it's not really the dreaming world, it's like you're in a different world. But then when you wake up, you're in the real world, and then you get woken up in the real real world and now you're you know, you're the one. And then you know, you're like, nah, you know what, I don't wanna be in that movie, I'll pass, but I'll be in this this weird movie where I'm gonna be jumping on an iron spider and playing some guy named Jim West. Like, besides that boy, I mean, yeah, it's so you know, shout out to Will Smith for actually kind of taking a chance on this movie, like understanding the role and just kind of understanding what's going to happen in this movie. Well, definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing it.
0: Here's the thing. It's funny you bring that up because I've got I've got a little bit of insight that might help you understand, might help everybody understand. Because um, uh, uh, Sean Connery said something. very, He was apparently offered a role in he was offered roles in both uh, the Matrix and Lord of the Rings, and he said he turned both of them down because he didn't understand the material. And uh, that's yeah. actually that's actually why he ended up accepting the role in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, because he said he also did not understand the material. But, you know, because he passed up roles in other movies that he didn't understand that went on to be, like, huge successes, he didn't want to repeat that mistake. And, you know, we can debate all day on whether or not that was the right choice. But I think, like, maybe Will Smith kind of has Uh that same mentality now because, like, you know, he he has openly admitted that he just didn't understand the concept of The Matrix. That's why he, he turned it down. And he even said, like, even if he had accepted it, just because somebody said, like, no, 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 take the role. Trust me. Trust me. He wouldn't have understood the material enough to turn in a good performance. He said, he openly says, like, he probably would have just messed it up. And he talks about how, how great Keanu was in the role. And he is. He's great. Um, but I think, like, maybe that's also why, like, Will Smith seems to be taking risks with his choices nowadays. Like, like you said, like, if somebody had pitched me the concept of bright. I probably would have been like, "Nah, <laughs> no thanks. That seems kind of kind of like like if, if if I didn't know who Max Landis was and what just what kind of writer he is, I probably would have been like, Nah, man, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so yeah, no, for whatever reason, he took a risk on it, and uh I'm excited for that movie.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely good to see. So I'm definitely excited for him, and I I wish him the best with this movie because it definitely looked, it got my interest. It was one of the few movies that I could literally say that I wasn't really expecting to see, and when I saw it, I was like, I was hyped. So definitely, definitely, I'll be looking forward to seeing it come out on Netflix. And and you know, side note, on the same article that I was reading where Bright was mentioned, uh, can we be honest? Did did Netflix really win? Like, San Diego Comic-Con, like, out of all the movie studios, like Netflix, because we're talking about The Defenders. We're talking about, you know, uh, Bright, and those are, like, two big movies. Obviously, we've talked about, you know, Ragnarok. We've talked about Marvel and DC, obviously, but, I mean, secretly, Netflix kind of was just like, hey, man, we have these cool titles coming out. And aside from the ones that we're always curious about, right, so we know that Flash season four is coming out, Arrow season six is coming out, Supergirl season two, um or season three, uh, season two of uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Like, we know those shows are coming out, but I kind of feel like Netflix was, like, under the radar and was like, hey, yo, check it out, what we got going on.
0: You know what? I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that sentiment. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like people underestimated. I don't know why, but I feel like people still continue to underestimate Netflix because they, they are still pumping out quality original content and uh yeah like i'm looking forward to the day when they are standing right up there with like the big studios and whatnot like presenting their their upcoming slate like this is what we got coming out get excited and everybody gets excited so and i mean not just netflix man like um i know people kind of kind of make fun of hulu and whatnot because they're they're trying to compete with netflix but i mean like they're putting out quality entertainment too like uh They've got Casual. I love Casual. That's a great show. I feel it's incredibly underrated. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's great. Um, I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale. I hear that's really good. I'm probably going to end up checking it out. But yeah, I look forward to the day when like digital, uh, digital content providers can stand toe-to-toe with like, the, big, the big networks and the studios uh, and mm-hmm. really, like, really go toe-to-toe with them. Because like, I, I feel like they can right now. Uh, just you know, people aren't taking them as seriously, and that's kind of kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, I have I have to bring this up because you mentioned it. Uh, I wasn't gonna mention either of these shows because everybody knows, everybody who knows me knows I talk about them endlessly. But uh, the CW TV shows. Uh, okay, so everybody who knows me knows I've I've kind of had a love hate relationship with Arrow. Like I loved. I loved the show when it started. I loved season one, loved season two, did not like season three, hated season four. Season five won me back over and I saw the trailer for season six and I'm so hyped. That season six trailer looks amazing. The best thing that they could have done for that show was to bring back Manu Bennett as Slade Wilson, aka Deathstroke. Because, um, excuse me, Aside from a great looking trailer, uh, they also announced that Slade Wilson will be getting a very, uh, a pretty big story arc this season. Like they've said, they're going to do flashbacks to before he was on the island with Oliver, and they're also going to do flashbacks to his time uh, after the conflict on the island with Oliver and then before he showed up again in the quote-unquote present back in season two. Uh, So I'm excited to see all that stuff. And then all the stuff moving forward with, like, if you guys haven't watched the show or or you're still getting caught up, spoiler alert. um, I'm excited to see whether or not he and Oliver actually track down uh, Joe, uh, which is his son. And if you know who that is in the comic books, uh, you should get very excited about that. Uh, because we've already seen one of his children in, in an episode of Legends of Tomorrow in, a, in the future. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited. Um, like I said, one of the best things they could have ever done was to bring back Manu Bennett as Slade Wilson Deathstroke. So, yeah, super excited about that one. Uh, the Supergirl Season 3 trailer looks really good as well. Um, and I'm always on board with Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, season one was uh, started out great, ended great, but the middle of season one is kind of hit or miss. Uh, season two, on the other hand, is where they really discovered what that show should be, and season two is solid the whole way through. So if you watch season one and, and you thought, like, this isn't very good, check out season two because it will change your mind. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for season three. The Flash, just to give my thoughts... Um, I know a lot of people didn't like season three for whatever reason. I loved season three all the way to the end. I will admit that the season three finale was a little disappointing. Uh but you know, uh, you know, still looking forward to season four. So Yeah, also, uh and I gotta talk about some of the some of the casting for these shows too, because I'm really excited. I don't know if you heard, Cliff, but uh Danny Trejo is coming to the flash. Uh
1: oh Yeah. Pete, my interest. yeah, what's up? To Pete, my interest.
0: Yeah, yeah, they got they got Machete. <laughs> he's coming to season four, and I'm super excited. I'm a little disappointed he's not playing Lobo, but you know what? I'm fine. Just put that man in anything, and I'm I'm down. So yeah, yeah, Danny Trejo coming
1: awesome.
0: Right. <laughs> so yeah, they got Danny Trejo. Uh, Billy Zane is coming to Legends of Tomorrow. So that's pretty cool. Uh, who else? They dropped a whole... Oh, okay. Uh, talking about Supergirl Season 3, this is one I'm really excited about. Uh, they have Adrian Pasteur coming as comic book villain Morgan Edge. And again, that's one of those actors, you put him in anything and I'm there. If you guys don't know who Adrian Paster is, uh I'm sure all of you watched Heroes. He played uh, Nathan Petrelli on that show.
1: Um, Are we also talking, talking about the general? The general from you know, Agents uh, of SHIELD?
0: Shield. That's right. That's
1: right. He was also or, on our
0: show. Yeah.
1: Or as my favorite person, um, we just got to be honest. Iron Man from the Avengers. That's
0: right. That's right. He's uh, he's the voice of Iron Man. That's correct. Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Uh, but uh, the reason I love this man so much is he starred in one of my top three favorite vampire movies of all time from the 80s, Near Dark. If you've never seen the movie, go watch it. It's amazing. So, yeah, put that man in anything, I'm there. I'm psyched. And he's coming to Supergirl yeah. this
1: season. Super excited. So, yeah, Adrian yeah. Pissar, and one, of my, one of my favorite roles that he ever played in was, you know, that pilot in the back of uh, Cop Gun. That's right.
0: He was in Top Gun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they got a lot of really big, uh, big guest stars coming on this season for all those shows. So yeah, really excited. Oh, and uh, we got to give a shout out to Black Lightning, which is joining the lineup of the DC TV shows this season. Super excited about that
1: one. Yeah. True. That's very true. Yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting to see him getting in.
0: Yeah, that looks really good. I don't know if any of y'all saw the trailer or not, but that show looks real good. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, uh, let's talk about some of the things that we're... Before we, before we close this out, because I know we're we're kind of running long on time here, um, but I want to talk about a couple things. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get announcements on uh, the Teen Titans live action series because I know they're yeah. right now, and uh, they should have had at least one to announce uh, so yeah I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get any, any announcements or any news really on that one uh, what else? especially since uh, I'm going to bring up Marvel because they've got a bunch of new TV shows coming up uh, some of them I'm really excited about they got Runaways coming out and, mm-hmm. uh, and what else do they have? Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger actually looks really intriguing.
1: It's yeah, and awesome. you know that's one of the few. Yeah, I think that's one of the few shows that really, really piqued my interest. Actually, was Cloak and Dagger.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I'm gonna be real. I'm wasn't. I wasn't a real big fan of uh, Agents of Shield. I watched season one and I just checked out. I haven't gone back. People say it's gotten better, but. You know, yeah, uh, and really the only Marvel series that I, I, I do enjoy are the Netflix series. I really love Daredevil. Um, Luke Cage was really good until they did that weird uh, Iron Man 3esque twist with the villain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but I did still enjoy the show for the most part. Uh, Iron Fist is probably the one I was most disappointed with. For various reasons, but we won't get into that right now. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I enjoy all those shows really like a lot, and I'm really looking forward to The Punisher. I just got to put that out there <laughs>
1: because uh, oh, the we, you and I, you and I, are huge Frank Castle fans. Oh
0: yeah, yeah for sure. I love The Punisher, so yeah, I'm psyched that he's getting his own Netflix series. So yeah, can't can't wait. But, yeah, I wanted to bring that up. And uh, But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, um, they got a bunch of new series coming out, too. Isn't Runaways going to be on Hulu? Uh,
1: that's a rumor.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know it's not going on, like, a network or anything. But And it's surprising if they were going to go through, like, digital distribution why they didn't put that one on Netflix as well. But, yeah, I think that one's going to be on Hulu. Uh, and then uh, cloak and dagger where's that going isn't that going
1: on free form yeah that one's going on free form
0: yeah see that's that's kind of strange <laughs> i think like not like i'm not knocking it but it just feels like why would you why are you splitting up the, the these shows like that like i don't uh, just feels weird uh, i'm going to look up runaways just for sure cuz i want to make sure i'm not giving out bad information yeah, it's on Hulu. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. it is on yeah. Hulu. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Clifford got got to it before I could. Yep. All right. So yeah, yeah. Runaways. Uh, excited about that one. I don't know. What else? Uh, what do you got, Clifford? What were you? What were you kind of disappointed with?
1: Uh, I think the number one that I was kind of disappointed was. Uh the lack of follow up for uh, a Batman solo project. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we we've we've seen you know, we've seen the Superman, we've seen uh Wonder Woman, obviously. We love both of those movies. We talked about those last week, uh Batman versus Superman. Maybe where we weren't totally enthralled with it, but we did talk about that. Uh Suicide Squad, you know, it was definitely cool to see. But it's just it's I guess it's it doesn't really feel D C ish unless you're like Oh man, I love Lego Batman and hey, by all means, Batman it up. But to okay. me I just I felt I felt kinda like I missed something as far as like the Dark Knight goes. Like I wanna see a new Batman movie that, you know, is gonna be out there. I'm kinda disappointed with uh uh obviously i'm um, I'm a huge gambit fan um if no one knows that you know it now that's my number that's my top guy when it comes to the x men's world mm-hmm. and I think I'm disappointed that I didn't get any i we haven't heard anything about that project that you know what we knew was, last time was that there was a ahead. little
0: bit of there was a little bit of news on that, but i mean it was so tiny. Uh, Because Channing Tatum said that he um, uh, after the success of both Deadpool and Logan um, which were both rated R films he apparently is rethinking the he says he's rethinking the film and I'm pretty sure he means like he's probably going to try and shoot for an R rating which is fine if if they let him do that and if he can find a uh, a purpose for that in a gambit movie because I I'm not sure gambit warrants an R rating. Um, but I mean if 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 they can do it and have it do it purposefully and not just gratuitously, I'm all for it. But yeah, that that's like well, the one piece of yeah. news that came out in regards to that project
1: over the weekend. That project needs to hurry up and get here because oh, I I'm, I need I'm with on gambit in my life. It. I'm
0: with you on that. Uh, and I'm not even like a huge Channing Tatum fan, and like you know, I was kind of against him uh, in the role. But like at this point, I'm like, you know what? He's signed on. He's going to do it. Let him do it. Uh, I'll, I'll be there opening day. I will. I'll be there. I'll watch it. If it's good, I will. I will say nothing but good things about it. But yeah, I'm with you. Like that movie needs to start rolling like soon. Cause didn't they lose yep. their director like twice? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They've kind you know, of gone down yeah. south a little while.
0: Yeah, because wasn't Doug Lyman lined up to direct that at one point, and then he walked away from it as well.
1: Yep. Was yeah. that studio studio yeah. conflict?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some something, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I agree with you, man. Like that, they really need to get rolling on that one.
1: Um, And that's pretty much about it. Because, I mean, Deadpool, I mean, we obviously know Deadpool too. We know who's playing Cable, so it's not like a huge ordeal. And we've seen pictures of, uh, you know, Josh Brolin as Cable. So I'm not – there's really not too much other stuff out there that I don't think I was too disappointed with. It's Just comic book-wise, I think I was just kind of – some things were lackluster and some things needed to kind of be talked about. And we didn't get a whole lot of clarity on it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But yeah, 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 no, um, I just kind of had a few little things that I was kind of disappointed with. But, um, I mean, you know, that's not to discredit any of the, like I said, we got spoiled. <laughs> like, like, totally, man. Like, uh, even though Marvel didn't officially release that Infinity War trailer, I mean, you can find it out there online. And it, it's, it's, it's great. Um, I will say that uh, apparently DC did show off some footage from Aquaman. And they haven't released that online. And as far as I know, that has not been leaked anywhere yet. So I'm kind of disappointed that we don't get to see that. Because I'm actually really looking forward to that one as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I can't really complain about anything. Um, uh, yeah, no, uh, for the most part, it's all good. So uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else to add before we get out of here, Cliff?
1: No, not really. I mean, next week uh, I think I think one of the things that we'll talk about too is we'll talk probably we'll probably argue about our favorite movies as far as like comic book wise, <laughs> and then from there uh, I think we should definitely touch on some Spider Man Homecoming. So if you guys have not seen a movie yet, I know we kind of hinted at it yes uh, last week. But you know, obviously, San Diego Comic Con is kind of a bigger deal than what uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming a review would be. So we'll definitely be talking about that and be uh, kind of give them some spoilers. So you guys might want to pay attention. Uh, if you don't want to tune into the podcast, that's cool. If you do, definitely check it out.
0: That's right. I should. Uh, we should mention. Uh, we should. We should talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, Clifford and I had very different plans for this episode originally, but I guess we forgot that Comic Con was this weekend. So, uh, yeah, so we just decided we were going to cover that this week instead, and we're going to push everything to the next episode. Um, Yeah, so tune in. Uh, We're definitely going to get into uh, Spider-Man Homecoming again. Spoiler alert, obviously. Uh, So, yeah, like Cliff said, if you haven't seen it and you don't want to get spoiled, uh, it's totally fine. You want to skip the episode or, you know what? Until then, just go out and watch it. So, yeah. All right, I think that's going to do it for us right now. Uh, And, uh, yeah, tune in next week, and we'll see you again. Same bat time, same bat channel. All right. See you next week, nerds.